Which AFC South running back has become one of the most polarizing picks in July? What AFC handcuff might just have some standalone value for anyone who drafts him? And we play a Yaman or nine with the skill guys in Cliff Kingsbury's Arizona offense. Plus, a dual winner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Mike Edelman, drops in to talk about his Football Guys drafts he's completed so far this summer, how he's going to try to win a free main event team in his Pros versus Joes draft, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Hands, everybody. If you got what it takes, because I'm your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master All of you Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to give you some advice on how we would handle Melvin Gordon and the other Chargers running backs in drafts. Uh, plus, we're going to have Mike Edelman come on, and he is going to talk to us about his uh, pros versus Joes. Uh, a plan of attack, as well as his uh, Football Guys Players Championship uh, draft that he's already done this summer. So it's going to be a very, very exciting show. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. You can uh, connect with us there or on Twitter at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzek. Mike Edelman is actually on Twitter at Edelman24. Facebook.com slash HSFFOR, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is where to reach us if you have any questions for us now's the time to send them chat room questions tweets and emails all get answered in the fantasy feedback segment coming up in the uh, second half of the show with uh, our audio engineer and uh, mutual friend um, our audio engineer mutual fr- excuse me our Bryce. audio engineer and best friend Bryce and, and our mutual friend and producer Rob thank you so much that is the dizzle voice He's here tonight. We're very excited. Uh, once again, only five days left to get your FFPC main event early draft slots. Five days. Uh, that's coming up on that deadline, so you can get that before July 29th. Start plotting your way to a $500,000 grand prize while still in July. As always, dynasties, best balls, uh, and, and um, uh, classics, all available superplexes as well. And Terminator, we should mention this, Terminator Satellite, now available at myffpc.com. So check that out. Uh, let's bring in tonight's guest. He's played high-stakes fantasy football for more than 15 years and has won league titles in auctions, best ball leagues, and Football Guys Players Championships. In the FFPC in 2018 alone, he made the playoffs in all three of his main event leagues. He finished second and third in two of them while also winning a Football Guys League. Today, 
He's here to talk about the FPC leagues he's already completed this summer, as well as his upcoming draft in the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge. You follow him on Twitter at Edelman24. Please welcome into the show Mr. Mike Edelman. Man, how are you doing tonight? Welcome in. Good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Very excited. Uh, we are on the precipice of the Pros versus Joe's Challenge, which will get underway here in, well, Sunday, really. So we're, we're only four days away from that. That is going to be uh, a lot of fun. You'll be participating in the festivities this year. We'll get into that shortly. But, Mike, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living when you're not playing fantasy football and fantasy sports, really? Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fantasy football and fantasy baseball player, but when I'm not doing that, um, nowadays, I'm a uh, finance director at a, a medical device company in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, when I'm not working, I'm usually spending most of my time on the baseball field with my kids coaching their teams. Dave, I know you don't have any baseball questions for Mike, but I'm, I'm not sure if finance is tripping your trigger at all tonight either. We can move on. We don't need to, we don't need to dwell on that. That's no problem. Um, let's, uh, let's get into uh, to the fantasy football portion of the show, Mike. Now, in one of the football guys' leagues that, uh, that you had drafted, uh, I think this was uh, roughly a week and a half ago, uh, somewhere around there, it was early July, you selected Titans running back Derrick Henry at the 212. Now, that's nearly a full round higher than where he had been going in FFPC leagues. I know that you, you knew that you weren't getting a chance to, to get him again if you passed on him at the 212-301. But when, when, when you were looking at who to pick there, why did Derrick Henry's name stick out as a guy you wanted to make part of your roster? Yeah, so I, I think, a, you know, a big part of it was, like you mentioned, you know, I, at, when you're picking on a turn like that, you, you, you have to take chances and, and take guys who you like and they're not going to come back. And I had done – I've only done two drafts thus far this year, and I had done one prior where I had a, a, a top-five pick, and I didn't like what – you know, taking a receiver, I didn't like what came back uh, on the four or five turn on the running back. So I made the decision I was going to go to running back there at the two-three turn. And I like Henry this year. You know, he's, he's not one of those guys historically – that I've drafted. I've actually probably never drafted him before this year, but you know, it's all, it's all about the circumstance. Um, I, I like that they finally went to him at the end of last year. You know, he, he's got the talent. Um, and I, I just, I think this is his year to break out. And I'm, you know, I, I'm all about that at that pick. Yeah, no question. And I think he's been, um, well, we'll get into him later on in the show, too, but I think he's been a pretty polarizing guy as we move forward through, through fantasy draft season. A lot of people are believers in that uh, stretch run, and a lot of people aren't so sure uh, about it yet. Mike, obviously, you are on pro uh, Henry, no question about that, and uh, we'll see what happens in pros versus Joe's because you might have to make a similar decision when it comes to your pick in the uh, second and third round. You had an interesting uh, fourth through sixth round picks in one of these FPCs. You go, you go and grab three... Potential breakout receivers, really. DJ Moore, Mike Williams from the Chargers, and then Dante Pettis in San Francisco. Did you have a favorite mm-hmm. uh, pick out of the, those those trio of pass catchers, a guy that you were really happy to get on your squad? Yeah, it's interesting. I think in, in that ballpark of receivers, you know, you have DJ Moore and Mike Williams, who I picked, but you also have Calvin Ridley and, and um, Chris Godwin, who went a few picks before. We're all very similar uh, receivers, right? They're all looking for to take the next step and be the breakouts. And those are all the guys who are going in that range. Now, you know, those four guys, I, I said, I, I like them all. I mean, I think they all have a good chance um, 
to break out. You know, I, I would be happy with any of them, really. Um, you know, I went with DJ Moore and Mike Williams at that pick. And, you know, that's those were just kind of the two where the coin landed there. Um, you know, I'm still kind of going through everything to decide as we get closer and closer to the bigger drafts, uh, which way I may lean. Um, but as of now, I would say, you know, all of those guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm liking at this point. Sounds good. I, of course, love DJ Moore, Balky. Which one do you like? Uh, out of those three, DJ Moore is my, my favorite. You know what, Dave? I know you got a question for, for Mike, but let me follow this up. He's going way later than DJ Moore. He's a real-life teammate of his. Do you like Curtis Samuel at all as a, as a potential uh, you know, semi-breakout this year? He's going, and I'll bring this up right now, as far as FFPC best ball drafts go right now, Curtis Samuel isn't going until the uh, 10.02 on average. Is that a place that you'd be comfortable taking Curtis Samuel this year, Mike? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think he has upside as well. Um, you know, I like that offense in general, uh, you know, the big playability. And um, I absolutely, at the, in the ninth, tenth round, I think Curtis Samuel is definitely a worthwhile pick there. Yeah, I totally agree. Curtis Samuel has actually had kind of similar production to DJ Moore when they were on the field. Um, you know, there were a number of games where they pretty much played most of, most of the time, and, and he was pretty productive. Um, so the next question is about, an eighth-round pick you had in a football guys player championship game a week ago, and that was Jalen Samuels. He's been kind of creeping up draft boards as you know you hear kind of people talking about he and Connor splitting time with Connor probably getting a 60-40 split. Uh, do you think FFPC owners are underestimating the standalone value of Jalen Samuels, even if Connor stays healthy? Uh, I'm not sure. I think if I think I mean I I was uh, I was on the Connor train last year. So, I mean, that Pittsburgh running back in that offense, I think you want a piece of it. So, you know, if Connor's healthy, okay, yeah, may, maybe Samuels could be kind of a bi-week fill-in, you know, an 8- to 10-point guy if he's getting three to four catches a game. I'm not 100% sure if that's going to happen or not, but I, I honestly, I like Connor as a player. I, the way he plays, though, I just don't see him being staying healthy for an entire season, and when he misses a game or two or three, I think you're going to want Samuels. And, you know, in, in these kind of contests, you're looking to try and build that, that, that roster that could win the overall. And he's the type of player that, uh, you know, I, I would pick in that range. I'd take a shot on him because of the offense and historically what the running backs produce there. Dave, I know you're a, you're a fan of Jalen Samuels in, in general, not even just in 2019, right? Yeah, last year we were all hyping up Jalen Samuels as a player that should be taken. He was a, you know, I think he was a fifth round pick as a rookie, but uh, we were talking about taking Samuels in, in dynasty drafts uh, before it became cool, and hopefully a bunch of people did that. Before it became cool, I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. that, and and not at all inaccurate uh, on that. No question. Mike Edelman is our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, a winner of of a ton of cash over the years already with a pair of football guys. Uh, league championships under his belt and, and certainly uh, did ex- excellent in all three of his uh, main event leagues last year, placing in the playoffs and all of them. Let's get back to the football guys draft that you had done uh, in early July, Mike. Uh, J- uh, excuse me. Um, w- when you're trying to beat out a bunch of people to win a six-figure prize like in the FPC or $500,000 uh, grand prize like the FFPC main event this year, do you find yourself – leaning towards younger, higher upside, lower floor type guys? Or when you're on the clock, are you not necessarily thinking about that? You're just trying to draft the best player available. Uh, I think it's a combination, honestly. Um, You know, 
early in the draft, I'm definitely trying to draft the best player available. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look for value. I'll try and go get the players. Now, when I say that, I'm, I'm also, I want explosive players. You know, but later in the draft, especially when you get past round seven and eight, something I like to say to myself, even, even if I know what I'm going to pick, before I make the pick, I just look at who I'm thinking between the two guys, and I just say, can this guy win me the league? You know, if, if, if he can't, then I probably won't take him. You know, a good example of that with me, with what I did last year, was with Andrew Luck. You know, he was falling in a lot of drafts, and you could get him past around 10. And when I would ask myself that question for Andrew Luck, I'm like, could he win me the league or can he win me the overall? Absolutely. So I picked him everywhere. So it's, it's that kind of back and forth I'll, I'll do with myself when I'm looking to make my decisions on who I want to pick. All right. So here's, here is, since you said, can he win me the league? Can he win me the overall? And I think the answer, I think I know the answer. <laughs> but do you think that Jameson Crowder <laughs> – Catching pass from Sam Darling here in New York could be a league winner. And I mean, an overall. All right, I'm beating you a little bit. $500,000. $500,000 winner, Jameson Crowder. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he could be productive. I mean, I, Jameson Crowder's, I, I try not to, um, you know, boycott guys or stay, you know, hold anything against guys who've hurt me in the past, but. I've I've always been very high on Jamison Crowder, and he's he seems to let me down every year. Um, and now the last two years he's gotten hurt, so I I feel like the injury prone tag is there with him a little bit. Uh, he's coming to a new team, new offense. Uh, could, he he could come out there and be good. Uh, I don't know though. I I mean his his ceiling to me is is seventy to seventy five catches in a good year. Uh, that's my view on it. I, I don't think he'll be much more than that especially with the other pieces the Jets have. Um, so I, I would say no. He could be a good bye week fill-in, a good flex uh, for later in the season, but I, I'm not looking at him as someone who would uh, be able to help me win the league. Crowder is a guy who's battled the injury bug uh, over the years as well. FFPC players are taking him in best ball drafts, currently at the 1703. That is right behind McCole Hardman, Kenny Stills, and Paris Campbell. It is right ahead of Traquan Smith, John Brown, Devontae Parker, and Andy Isabella. So certainly you do not have to invest a whole lot in him, but you may not get much of a return, as you so eloquently uh, put it, Mike. You are uh, coming up, let's see, we are 11 days away from your personal pros versus Joe's draft. You're in the You Will Lose League, number four, on July 28th. I was actually on uh, Rotoballer Radio this morning uh, on Sirius XM, and Josh Hayes is actually in this draft as well. He's picking eighth. He, he looked at all the pros versus Joe's draft, and he says, this is the PVJ of death in this one. You, have, you are actually going to be drafting right in between. You're drafting third, uh, right in between Jake Seeley from The Athletic, John Paulson from 4 for 4. Evan Silva uh, is also in this draft. Obviously, Josh Hayes, Matt Shaw from Those Draft Shark. Michael Salfino from The Athletic is in this draft as well. And a couple of former guests on the show, Brian Petrunik, Biplab Mandel in this league as well. So it's going to be – this will be a fun, fun draft to follow. And I'm curious, as, as you look at where you sit here picking third, is there a player that you're hoping falls to you? What are you thinking you're, you're going to do with that third pick uh, in, in this draft, Mike? Yeah, I mean, when you have a, a top three, four, five pick, I mean, there's really no thinking involved with that. I think, you know, whichever the top uh, running backs is there, that's who I'm going to take with the first pick. You know, whether it's McCaffrey, Barkley, um, Kamara, Zeke, you know, one, one of those guys. Um, I'll be happy with any of them, to be honest. And, uh, 
then we'll just see how it plays out. It's going to be a tough league, so um, we'll have to make some decisions. Honestly, I've, I've uh, never done a uh, pros versus Joes or actually a you know a, a draft champions format on, with the FFPC. So this is my first one. So you know, hopefully uh, the pros don't come and get me, and I can hold my own. I, I think you'll you'll be just fine in that, Mike. It, you know, you you you've won you might, you might okay. you've won you've won plenty of these best ball leagues before. Uh, you know, regardless of FFPC format or not. So I I think you're you're going to be good. Just as a follow up to that, do you have a preference in those top four running backs? Say, if you did have the number one overall pick, would you be taking Barkley? Would you be taking McCaffrey? Is there a way that that uh, is there a favorite among those top four that you have, or do you basically rank them right around all the same? Uh, I, I have McCaffrey one, so I would, I would go McCaffrey one for sure. Um, after that, it's a little closer, um, you know, depending how the wind's blowing that day, I could change at this point. I haven't kind of put my foot in the ground yet on how I want to go with two, three, four, you know, especially with Zeke, you got to kind of see what's going on with him, you know, with all this contract noise now, but, you know, between Barkley and Kamara, I think it's pretty close right now. Um, you know, so I'm, you know, whoever's there, whatever's left over, that's most likely the way I would go. All right, we uh, scarcely a week goes by without mentioning Tyree Kill, so let's uh, bring him up. Uh, so, what's your read on the Chiefs wideout situation? We don't really know what the suspension is. It's been rumored to two to four to six to eight games, but it's seemingly a little bit on the lower end right now. Um, between Tyree Kill and Nicole Hardman, uh, how are you handling those guys in your drafts? Are you trying to target Tyree? He seems, even if he's a two or four game suspension, he still seems like a little bit of a value to me. Just uh, you know, kind of reading his TVs. What's your take on that? Yeah, um, so, I mean, obviously, it's an offense you want to be invested in, right? But you know, I can't pick Tyreek until I know what the deal is with him. What, what's the suspension going to be? Is there going to be one? There could it could be great value right now, but you know, until I know, I, I won't touch him. You know, I will compare it, you know, to years ago, you know, the, the first time Josh Gordon got suspended. Um, yeah, he was, a, he was a league winner that year with his two or three game suspension. He came back and dominated. Could be the same with Tyreek Hill. Um, once that's defined, uh, if it's four games, then maybe I'll start to think about where I would pick him, whether it's in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, who knows? Maybe he'll start to move up once it's defined. But until it's defined, I'm, he's, not, he's a do not draft for me until I know more. Uh, in terms of the other KC guys, you know, I, I've picked Hardman already, um, but it's one of those things where I think we need camp to start and we need to see what's going on. With OTAs, you know, there was some noise about, you know, some other receivers doing well. Um, they have a couple other receivers there. You know, it could be, any, you know, Sammy Watkins could get hurt again. So there could be a lot, a lot going on there. Um, Whoever it turns out to be, wherever the you know wherever it looks like who's getting the reps, I'm gonna want that player. It's just a matter of who it's gonna be. Yeah, and to your point right now, I mean Tyreek Hill continues to climb a little bit. Uh, it seems like he goes up a little bit every single time we do a show. Uh, he is currently going at the 405 on uh, FFPC best balls over the last three days. He's gone as high as the 302. He's fallen to the mid fifth. McCole Hardman is uh, you know you can get him pretty late uh, at 1701 is where he's looking at. Right now, Sammy Watkins, actually, his ADPs largely remain, you know, basically similar at, at the 611, 7, uh, 611 to 702 is where I've seen him. 611 is where he's going right now in, in, uh, in best ball draft. So I, I, it seems like players are not, you know, moving him up or knocking him down. It's, it's just been this whole, um, 
a complementary relationship between Hill and Hardman, and, and certainly Hardman is falling right now. Hill is on the rise. Mike Edelman is on the rise tonight as he joins the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, a former multiple league champ in the Football Guys Players Championship, drafting in the FFPC Pros versus Joes uh, in just 11 days. And we got a couple of emails that came in for you, Mike. Uh, I just want to read them to you right now and see if we can get you to answer a couple of these questions from listeners. Uh, first is from Garrett and Akron. Do you have any interest in any Giants not named Saquon Barkley this year, or are you avoiding him too, given how bad that offense might be with Manning or Jones running things? Good luck in Pros versus Joes, man. That is Garrett in Akron. <clears throat> well, we, Mike, we already know you're not avoiding Saquon Barkley as you would take him in the right. top four pick. But as far as the other Giants go, uh, are there any uh, of those guys that you're targeting in drafts? Yeah. So I I live in I live 15 minutes from um, life. I'm a diehard Giants fan, so it pains pains me to see kind of what's happening there right now. Um, yeah, I mean. Evan Ingram, I think, is someone I would be considering, uh, especially in the FFPC format. Um, also, you know, I- I'm not targeting them, but at the right price, you know, I could see going after Sterling Shepard. Someone's going to catch passes in that offense, right? You know, with Beckham leaving, there's a lot of targets out there. Um, and, you know, every week, I-, I can almost guarantee you every single week, at least one guy in that offense is going to produce close to 100 yards. It's just a matter of figuring out who it is between Tate, Shepard, and Ingram. So I wouldn't shy away from them. I think in best balls, they're definitely worth taking flyers on uh, at the right price. Would you consider stacking two of those three or all three of those guys in a best ball um, with, with Tate, Shepard, and Ingram? Or is it just you want to throw a dart at one of them and be done with it? Yeah, I, I would, probably not all three of them. Um, you know, Engram plus one, if the receiver is coming at a later cost, I, I would say, you know, I'm not looking to do that, but if it falls that way, you know, I wouldn't shy away from it. Uh, let's move on to one more email here from Jim in Lexington. He writes, Lexington, uh, Kentucky, excuse me. How are you handling the top three tight ends this year? Target one of them or avoid all three? Thanks, Mike. That is Jim in Lexington, Kentucky. Thanks for the email, Jim. So your thoughts on, on Kelsey? It's weird to say that big three tight ends and not Gronk not be one of them, but he's not this yeah. year. Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Uh, how are you treating those guys in drafts? Are you trying to get one of them um, and, uh, and not worry about tight end after that? Uh, or yeah. are you just you know taking a, a different approach? Yeah, I mean, his, historically, I've, always avoided uh, the top tight ends. It's just not my style. Um, now, when talking about the three of them, I mean, Kel- Kelsey's great, and I think at the right price, uh, if you were to slip and I had a later first rounder, I would, in, in this format, I would consider him for sure. I think Ertz and Kittle are definitely both passes for me, though. I, 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 you know, they're both great players. At that ADP, though, I just, I just can't, I can't talk myself into it, um, you know, especially – you know, with Philly having, you know, getting all these weapons, bringing in Deshaun, having another year of Goddard, I think there's a lot, a lot to go around there. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't see Ertz replicating what he did last year. He's still going to be probably the number two or three overall tight end. I just wouldn't, I don't know about uh, round two for him. Same for Kittle. I yeah, think I will let someone else take the shot on him. Travis Kelsey, 106 currently in, in FFPC best balls. Ertz and Kittle are still second round picks. Ertz going at the 207, Kittle at the 210. 
Then there is a drop-off. The next receiver on average going off the boards is indeed O.J. Howard at the 407, followed closely by Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. That is where the ADP is shaping up on that. Dave, uh, Mike's been very gracious tonight. Uh, I know you, you, you probably got a zillion other drafts that you're worried about or prepping for, but we do have one final question before we let you go. Go ahead, Dave. All right, Mike, uh, we need you to give us some information. We're looking for a player you're staying away from in the early rounds of the season. This is redraft, as well as a sleeper that you're looking to acquire in the mid to late rounds. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so in terms of staying away from, I think it's more rather than one player, I just think it's more of a kind of an approach with everything going on with the first round and a lot of the different guys right now. I mean, in general, if there's any – player that's uh, threatening a holdout or showing an injury, I'm just not taking them. So, you know, right now, whether it's Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Zeke, until it gets resolved, I'm not touching them. And I have a personal rule. If anybody doesn't show up for training camp, I just don't take them because it's not good news. Um, (laughs) Historically, they get hurt. All the time, hamstring pulls. Something is going to happen if they don't show up for that first day of training camp. So maybe this changes, but, you know, I'll wait for the next two weeks and see what happens. But the second one of them holds out, they're off my board. Um, so, so that's what I would say for, for the early guys. Um, in terms of a sleeper, uh, so I guess, you know, I like, I like the indie offense. So I guess I'll say Paris Campbell is someone uh, that I like a little bit later that could, could break out. I mean, he, it might take a little bit um, depending on how camp goes with injuries with some of the other guys they brought in, but I think he has uh, the talent and, and with Andrew Luck and that offensive line, he could definitely break out. He has a zero tolerance policy and I love it. So does Dave. That is great stuff, Mike. Appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, good luck in pros versus Joe's. We'll be covering your draft live right here on the high stakes fantasy football hour a week from Sunday. That is going to be a highly entertaining draft. Uh, good luck in all of your drafts this year, and congratulations on all your success that you've achieved uh, across all platforms, uh, you know, throughout your, your fantasy sports history, be it football or any other sport. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show this week. We look forward to talking to you again soon, and uh, good luck in 2019, dude. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Mike Edelman. Follow him on Twitter at Edelman24, a uh, multiple winner of the Football Guys Players Championship League's why didn't we ask him if he, if he ever dressed Julian Edelman a lot because of his name? Uh, I thought that would be low-hanging fruit. And so I no, did what? not we, that. Oh, we go with the hard-hitting questions of what, what, you, do. what do you do for a living? Yeah. Well, we, we, it's, it's the same question. We delve deep, man. We yeah. delve deep. We, listen, anybody so could – that's the layup question, okay? Yeah, we we want to – Definitely laid up. We want to figure out – Laid out. Why this guy thinks the way he does. Why, Dave, why, why is he not a risk-taker? Why is he not – uh, why is he okay, so averse to, to, to taking players that are not reporting for training camp? No, okay, by the way, so I like, I like Mike, I respect Mike, he's, you know, provided value opinion, but I just can't, I do disagree fundamentally with his idea of taking someone off the board completely, whether it's for, um, I don't know, like, you know, holding off for training camp or this or that. I mean, I, I, I get the idea of dropping someone on their board, but if it's the foot, you know, 507, and Tyree Kill, you still don't know the situation. You still take him. You don't just you don't take him off your board. If it's Ezekiel Elliott, it's the late second round when he normally goes like fifth or fourth or sixth, even if the holdout, you know that's a value. You take him. So I just I, I disagree fundamentally with that. And maybe he wasn't really saying it exactly that way. Like maybe he would consider taking him if he comes super late. 
But that's just my opinion on that. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I think uh, he was being a, a bit facetious. I, I will say that there's certain players like, they're off my board, Dave. I'm not taking them. But if, if, to your point, if they're still there two rounds later, well, I'm, I'm still going to take them. Uh, I have to believe that um, this is true not just of Mike Edelman, but of a lot of fantasy owners that say, this player is off my board. I'm not going to take him. But they say that. In, in the terms of there's no way he will fall to me at a spot I'm comfortable taking him. And in some cases, that's true, most cases, but sometimes they do fall. And sometimes you do have to make a decision like, okay, I know this guy was off my board, but I can't believe he's still out here. The value is screaming at me. This is the type of player that I draft in August or September, and I'm thanking my lucky stars in November that I drafted him. So I, I think there is something to be said for that. Um, I also agree with him that there is a, a large plurality of players who, for whatever reason, uh, you know, if, if they're healing, if they're holding out, suspended, whatever, these players that don't report with everybody else and they try to train on their own, it's just not the same thing. And there is a good number of them that do get hurt. And even that. if it's not a season ender, it's stuff that puts them behind the eight ball and you're constantly, they're, they're constantly chasing the degree to which they thought they would be able to play this season, you're constantly chasing the fantasy value that you thought you were going to get with them, and it's just bad news for everybody. And then you know what happens at the end of the year? People say, I'm never drafting that guy again, you know, because of stuff like that. So I, I think he makes a lot of good points. He's probably not, and I can't believe I'm saying this, he's probably not as big of a risk taker as I am, but certainly uh, his, <laughs> his, his career winnings uh, speak for themselves, no uh, question no, on that. Um, by the way, do you remember what? You're younger than I am. Remember Ken Rucker that we were talking about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He used to hold out every training camp. Yep. And we talked about this possibly maybe in episode 156 or something, but I'll bring it up now. He'd always hold out just because he didn't feel like going to training camp. And then he would always report, like, you know, right before the season would start. He never got hurt, but he was a lineman. So I, 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 left, I, a great left tackle for the Packers. he was fantastic. Yeah. So he would just come in and be like, all right, I'm good. Let's, let's go. And, and, and nobody ever treated his holdout seriously. Nobody ever thought that he wasn't eventually going to report. Uh, and, and there was never any kind of financial demands ever, you know, really made. And every year the guy would show up, and every year he, he did great work. You know, that, that he was a lineman for the Packers during some dark times in the 80s, and he was dark, – Dark times. Yeah, they were dark times. I mean, you lose games. I don't know if those are dark times. Oh, they're, times. Dark, they're dark times, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> That's interesting. They, 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 they were uh, – they, it was uh, – Man, it was – you know, people were jumping off the bridges here in the local area. It was the worst of times, Dave. Yeah, it was like the dark ages, you know. Duels up at the end of the street, you know, with Lynn Dickey was quarterback, and who else was who else was? Randy uh, Wright. Rich Campbell. Rich Campbell was a little bit – that was like early 80s. I yeah, think he was all back then. Yeah, he was bad. But, yeah, I mean, there was like one radio guy covering the Packers. There was one newspaper guy covering the Packers. And all of a sudden, uh, they get this guy named Favre, and it totally blows up. And good times were had by all. Let's move on. Football guys, Roto World, and Rob are responsible for tonight's rundown. We want to thank those guys. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Coach Dan Quinn believes that uh, Dan the man. Yes, Austin Hooper is, quote, ready to go to another level with his play in 2019. The Falcons have a new tight ends coach this year, Mike Malarkey, and apparently they've hit it off well. Uh, Hooper, last year, (laughs) 71 catches, 660 yards, and four touchdowns, Dave. That was a pretty good year for him. I actually had him in a few leagues. I was pleasantly surprised. I actually traded him in a dynasty league uh, after this season. I I was pretty happy to get what I got for him. Um, But uh, Austin Hooper, you look at this guy this year. I drafted him actually in, in the Scott Fishbowl. 
He was, he was, you know, Hooper was actually one of the guys with roster cuts on the dynasty. Someone cut Hooper. In and FFPC? I, yeah, in FFPC. Wow. So I emailed him. I'm like, hey, do you mean to cut him? And he's like, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> so he got, I love he's, it. He's like, you didn't like him because, he's, he's, you know, those stats, my point is, those stats really aren't that impressive yet. They really aren't, right? Apparently not to everybody. Austin Hooper is the tight end 11 in FFPC drafts right now, Dave. He is going behind the likes of Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, and David Njoku, but players are still drafting him well ahead of Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, and Mark Andrews. Well, where, I mean, where did he finish last year? I'm guessing he finished as like tight end six, right? Or did you say that right? Uh, I did not say that. But because it's in that neighborhood. He it was, was up there. It was such an awful year. It was a dark year for tight ends. It was really bad. It was a wasteland. And in a wasteland of a tight end premium scoring format, Austin Hooper um, didn't really wow you with his four touchdowns. I'm trying to look it up right now. That's fine. He was pretty good with his 660 yards receiving, but where he really helped FFPC players, went in a half for catch, and he got 71 of them last year. That was big. Yeah, and that, tight end six. Tight end six. On a point basis. And by the way, that's on a team that had Julio Jones had a pretty good year last year. Am I correct in saying that? You yeah, yeah, he did really well. And actually, Julio, you know, he put me in my place. He started scoring touchdowns. Right, exactly. And great. you know who else scored touchdowns on that team? Yeah, uh, Calvin Ridley. Ridley had 10 of them. Yeah, he and, was fantastic. And Austin Hooper still had a big season. So sky's the limit. I think he climbs up draft boards a little bit. Hooper was 10th in points per game basis of behind guys like Jack Doyle and Ingram and Gronk and O.J. Howard, who all missed time. Okay, so the, so there you have it. But still, a, a top 12. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and a guy that – and that's where FFPC players are taking them right and he, now. And he does have some upside. You know, the news does help him a little bit. Because I, I always refrain from taking him because I didn't feel there was much upside. And I might actually – if he falls a little bit for me, you know, because I don't play FFPC if I can't, uh, I might consider taking him actually for once. But not as your starter. Or would you take him as your starter? Um, if I waited a really, really long time, but usually a non-FFPC, I'll get a better, higher tight end. Than He's my starter in Scott Fishbowl. I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel great about it, but, but it's okay. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Fishbowl, you know, scoring is so whacked out. I mean, tight end is just tough. Yeah. Uh, people say that about the FFPC too, by the way. Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com says that the new offensive coordinator there, Arthur Smith, says he intends to, quote, ride contract year Derek Henry. Uh, at running back. In January, Derrick Henry turned 25. Hey, listen, I, I just read the quotes. I don't make them. He is coming off a, a big-time finish the last season. We talked about this with Mike Edelman earlier. Uh, 625 yards, eight touchdowns on 97 carries in their five December games. Uh, now, we don't know much about Arthur Smith as a coordinator. I believe, if I'm correct in saying this, I, I think he was their tight ends coach last year. Uh, so, obviously, you would think that Tennessee is going to stick with what worked, at the end of the 2018 season. And if you look at what they have at the quarterback position, Dave, it's less than flattering, I think would be a complimentary or, or the least offensive way I can describe Marcus Mariota. Currently, Derrick Henry going at the 309 in FFPC Jazz. And as I counted out here, that makes him the running back uh, 19th. So he is going off as the 19th running back. At the 309, this is behind Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson, and Devontae Freeman. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and David Montgomery going after him. There's one thing I don't like about Derrick Henry's game, and it's probably going to be the thing that keeps me from drafting him in a decent number of leagues this year. I'll give you one guess as to what that is. Uh, his pass catching? does not catch the football, Dave. He does catch. How many passes does he catch? Uh, let's look it up. 
Does that mean me or you? Uh, I am looking it's it up right now. It's something like Alex. Hey, uh, let's see what let's uh, see what we should do here. Alex, does that mean I should do it? Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Go, uh, Dave, <laughs> go ahead and do that. If you want to take care. All right, I'll I'll, pu- I'll I'll um I'll put it to you, Dave. Put it to me. How many catches did he have last year? Uh, twenty-seven. He had twenty-six catches <laughs> in his last two years in the NFL. Oh combined. shoot, really? <laughs> he had 50, yeah, he had fifteen last year. He had eleven the year before. Wow, he only had fifteen. Wow. Yeah, thirty-nine uh, catches uh, in his NFL career. Uh, his middle name is Lamar. I'm just finding that out as well. Um, yeah, so for me to take a yeah to take junior actually. To take a running back that caught 15 passes last year at the end of the third round, I'm going to find somebody else. I'm going to find somebody with, with a little bit more upside. Let me ask you this, though. Did you own – and we, I have a similar question last week, but I asked – did you own Derrick Henry at all? Anywhere? I did not. No, I did not. Dude, if you owned Derrick Henry last year, I mean – Well, I'll t- I'll t- okay, let's talk about that for a second. Because yeah. for a lot of guys that – and gals that, and women that did own <laughs> – Derek, Derek Henry last year. I'm very sorry to our female listeners. Derek Henry um, was great down the stretch, but how many teams needed him then? How many teams were playing for something? That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, kind of an, that's an artificial narrative, though. It really has nothing to do with whether he's going to be productive this year. I'm not saying that. But, okay. I, but when you're talking about, did you own him last year? Well, people who owned him last year had to love it. I'm like, well, yeah, they probably did, but were, were they playing for third place? Were they playing to, well, to yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, it, again, I mean, I th- they already admitted that they kind of underutilized him last year. So we're okay. Let's just go back through this. Where is he being drafted? By the way, to 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 your point, not your point that you're making, but sure. an anti point of mine. Uh, Blitz the mania in the chat room. The defending 2019 Kentucky fantasy football state champion, Derrick Henry won him Kentucky last year. Ah, uh-huh, nice. So there, so it did it did win the national contest. Well, the well, thing, okay. those guys are such great drafters, Danny Mueller and, and Jeremy Roach. I mean, they 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 oh, were loaded. A couple of hacks. It's just not fair for them to have Derrick Henry <laughs> down the stretch. Too. I love it. Go yeah. ahead. So Derrick Henry last year finished as RB sixteen. And where's he being drafted right now? Uh, running back nineteen. Running back nineteen. So he finished sixteenth last year. Now, albeit with some, you know, there's some players who had a little bit higher points per game base, but not many. So he finished sixteenth overall last year. He's being drafted three spots later, and the team admittedly misused him. They even said we misused him in the early part of the year. Read, let me just read you weeks one through. And by the way, the, the guy that misused him now is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So he got, oh, he got a promotion for misusing him. Yeah. <laughs> cram it up your crambo. God, I got to get that quote right. Anyway, so Henry, weeks one through six. Aaron Jones maybe a little bit of a scary, scary thought. 4.1, 6, 5.7, 5, 5.6, 3.6. So he, I mean, but yet he averaged 12.8 yard, or 12.8 fantasy points per game. Uh, for the season, I mean, he had a 48-point game week 14 and a 30-point game week 15, and then a 16-point uh, game week 16. He was killing it once they figured out how to use him, and he was a super highly touted, respected back coming out. I have, I'm high on their opinion. Dave, let's put on our glasses here and, and read between the lines. What did Tennessee do in the offseason? They used the second-round pick on A.J. Brown after they had just used the number five overall pick on Corey Davis a couple years ago, and they also went out and signed Adam Humphreys. Now, are you concerned – that this AJ Brown right. they they drafted in the second round. Are you concerned that this non-verbal statement that the Tennessee Titans have made about their offense um, is at all alarming for anybody who's thinking about drafting Derrick Henry in the mid to late third? 
No, I don't. And you know the reason why? Because the nonverbal statement, I know that they say that the only time they're telling the truth is during the draft and the free agency. But when they're coming out and just saying, look, I'm the offensive coordinator. I intend to ride Derrick Henry and give him a ton of carries and a ton of catch, you know, action. Not catches necessarily. But Henry, they may throw it to him a little bit more. I mean, you know, they can't throw too much less. How's that? So. I, I guess, yeah, I, I don't uh... – I don't doubt that they're they're going to throw the ball more this year. I just think that with the addition of Humphreys and and um, and AJ Brown, there there might be something there. But you're right. I mean, the the OC came out said like, look, we're going to ride him. He's in a contract year. Maybe that's the thing, Dave. Maybe they're going to you know give him 350 touches this year and then let him go to free agency. I mean, that is that is possible. And then possible. And, and it's a super deep uh, running back rich rookie class next year too. Uh, Blitzdemania in the chat room saying that he has Derrick Henry projected for 28 catches on the season, which right. was it is more than he's gotten in the last two years combined. But I will not cast stones at that because they kicked my tail in Louisville. <laughs> Moving on, Pro Football Talk on NBCSports.com wrote this week, or they had a post that a source close to Rob Gronkowski puts his chances of playing at some point this season at about 40 percent. Gronk has already said he's lost 18 pounds, and uh, it, there's no I, there, listen. There's no way he's going to be coming back and playing training camp in the preseason. That that's not going to happen, even if he is coming back. Um, did you see? I think it was at the ESPYS. He was talking to Drew Brees, and I I watched. I tried to hear what he was saying. He's probably just joking around, but he said something to Brees, and then he said. What looks to me that he said was, nah, I'm coming back. And then he and Drew Brees started laughing. No, he said something to the fact like, that's what I'm hoping to happen. So, yeah, I'm coming back. Or, nah, I'm coming back. And then they both started laughing. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. Uh, I, I read that he hasn't lifted a weight since the season ended. Um, I'm going to pose this to you, and then I'm going to tell you what happened in a recent football guys draft. I think it was last night that I think Blitzmania was actually in. Um would you take Rob Gronkowski in a tight end premium format, 20-round football guys type league? 20 rounds. 20 rounds. Would you find a spot for Rob Gronkowski? I might, uh, I might not. I might not. You might not. Let me tell you what somebody did in the 11th round of a football guys league last night. <laughs> them. I believe it was the 1101. Blitzamania, you're crazy. It wasn't Blitzamania. I'll tell you that right now. But it was somebody in, in that draft. I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, but, he, yeah, he, he went in the 11th round. He said the 10th, Jeremy. He, he went in the 10th round, um, <laughs> like I said. So, 10th round for Gronk. I mean, wow. I, don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hey, that's why I forced him to play these leagues. You get one pick worth of value right there. Rob Gronkowski, by the way, and I'll just say this. Over the last three days, he has been selected in 12 FFPC best ball drafts, going on average at the 2308, then as high as the 1602. There's some smoke gathering around Rob Gronkowski. Now, whether that's weed, I don't know. But there is something there. I don't think he does any of that stuff. I really don't. I just know he, he, goes, he goes to every party, and he drinks, like, water and, like, red. I, no, I saw him pounding beers at the Patriots oh, really? Super Bowl parade. Yeah, people are launching him at him. He is chugging him. Well, okay, that's, I mean, that's at the one parade. You know, that's at the parade. Well, I'm just saying. A lot of times he's at these, like, places and events, and he's clearly not drinking. He, he's just high on life. He's just, yeah, he's just, oh, I'm a smiley dork. <laughs> that nice. Uh, Yahoo's Charles Robinson has reported that Ezekiel Elliott has to come to training camp by uh, August 6th to make sure that he gets an accrued season toward free agency. Right now, uh, by August 6th, right now Elliott is going to be an unrestricted free agent after next season, 
But if he does hold out past August 6th, that won't be the case anymore. Um, he could get the fourth accrued season next year, but if he holds out deep in the training camp, uh, that is going to change. Charles Robinson, for what it's worth, believes, or he says he believes that Elliott is going to decide against holding out. How do you see this situation, and what should FFPC players be doing with Elliott, Tony Pollard, the rest of the rag-tag bunch of Dallas running backs, Dave? Um, I think he, you know, I'm of the, of the opinion that he will report, or that they'll at least figure it out. Um, there's been speculation as to whether Pollard's a backup or Weber's a backup. I don't really have a great read on it, although I'm, I thought I, I thought it was Pollard, but you know, I can't say for sure. Uh, that, that I, I think FFPC players would agree with you. Yeah, that's that's draft, Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't know. I would just kind of treat him the same as I would otherwise, and draft Pollard at some point if uh, I try to you know handcuff him. Right. Out of 21 FFPC best ball drafts in the last three days, the latest Elliott has gone has been the 104. So players right. are not too, or at least they don't seem to be outwardly concerned about this. For what it's worth, Tony Pollard going at the 18-12 in FFPC drafts. Mike Weber not going until the 26th round of FFPC best ball. So that is your weekly Zeke update. We'll call it the <laughs> update. And uh, we'll keep right. bringing that to you each and every week that he uh, holds out because that is a crucial part that will not only shape the first round of FFPC dress, but FFPC dress in general. All yeah, right. Let them do on Melvin Gordon, speaking of holdouts. No, you know, I, I haven't seen anything. I will tell you this, Dave. Yes, sir. Let's hear it. I can't remember what it was. It was Outkick the Coverage, or there's some sort of vlog series. That was a catchy little blank the blank. They interviewed a bunch of. Although, by the way, establish the run. That sounds kind of interesting that Evan Silva is doing. Yeah, no, and, and best wishes to him. We'll talk more about that uh, for pros versus Joe's on the 28th when he drafts. But, yeah, very exciting stuff. Congratulations to him. Um, they were interviewing mostly rookies, but there were some veterans in there. And I, 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 I want to say it was like outkick the coverage or some yeah. site like that. Some crap. And they were and about whether these players believe that aliens exist, whether we're alone in this in this universe. And oh, those are the hard hitting questions we don't have on our end. No, we don't. Yeah. Um, and I believe one of the players they talked to was Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. and he not only said that we're not alone, he said he's not from this planet, that he was from Mars, that he is in fact an alien, and did not have the, a hint of a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Now, this begs the question, Dave. What level of whack job has, has Melvin he Gordon moved up two levels. Has Melvin Gordon entered the flake scale? Yeah, he moved up. He's like third level flake. Third level flake? Yeah. Is he higher or lower than Le'Veon Bell? Um, I think right now he's, he's not even. I'm not even. I think, I think I put him a little high. What about Antonio Brown? Brown's kind of the same. I, I get him like third level. Yeah. I'd put Gordon slightly below him, but, you know... This holdout thing, the, the alien thing, um, and, and the fact that, by the way, he, he, he may have his best football already done. Who? Melvin Gord. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe and he, want, he wants to get paid, obviously, uh, going in FFPC drafts right now. He's fallen actually to the 201. He's fallen all the way to the 211 in one draft in the last three days, which is pretty insane. But I, I think that there's, there's something to this holdout thing and people are starting to pay attention to it. Austin Eckler has gone as high as uh, the 707. He's going on average at the 809, Dave. 
And then Justin Jackson, another guy who's been climbing up boards, going in the 12th round in FFPC drafts, uh, on average the 15th, but he has gone as high as, as the 12th round. So something that we'll be paying attention to, no question, on this show, especially once training camp gets underway. By the way, so, you know, I just made you a trade offer in Carrington. Uh, I own Melvin Gordon, and uh, I just placed... Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yep, and I just offered it to you for two first-round picks. 2020 first-round hey, picks. Hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> um, One of them is yours, actually. Your team's pretty good, so I don't know if I want to do that. My team is terrible in Carrington. Oh, good. Oh, well, even better than I want to get that trick. Hilarious. So two picks, your pick and Monroeville Zombies, but I can... It could be any of the three picks. Two, okay. Two of the three. I'll look at it. <laughs> Um, Blistomania chiming in. Uh, AB is a flake. He dyed his mustache blonde again. He's back on the crazy train. Hey, let me ask you, let me, why is there a T after Blitz? Why, why, is it, why is it Blistomania? Why isn't it just Blistomania? Where's, what's with the T? Uh, that's, a, that's an old Phoenix. Um, uh, and I'll let him, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll let, I'll let uh, Blistomania chime in on this. But that, I believe that was... Uh, um, uh, in old Phoenix, you know the French. Uh, Phoenix. Yeah, it's uh, they're um, like they're they're, the they, they're a French alt rock band. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I'm dead serious, and and I I, really? I, think, I think Jeremy's a fan. Are they like are they similar to the Five Finger Disco band? No, they're like not. They're way more poppy, no question. Popular. Uh, pop music. Oh. Uh, Listomania, Listomania, and oh, Phoenix so is the band. Yeah. Oh, now I get it. So that's that's what it was. So that's why the T is there. All right, thanks. Let thanks, me ask man. you this, jogging back to fantasy. I, I've been in heavy Todd Gurley discussions uh, in one of my dynasty leagues with another player. Acquiring or selling? Uh, acquiring. I have the 101 in that league, and there's that was that was basically the offer. It was built around the 101 for Gurley. There's some other picks thrown in, but it was essentially I get the Kentucky. I yes, I get the 101. Or excuse me, I get Todd Gurley, and he gets the 101. What would you rather have? Okay, so what, who's the 101? Jacobs or Nikhil? Jacobs or Nikhil Harry? Where, and of course, it actually should be either Isabella or Murray, but regardless, regardless, <laughs> Kyler Murray they asked about aliens too. He actually had a well thought out answer. He's like. Man, I don't know. We might be. I hope we're not. I'd like to meet those those people or whatever. You I know, like Murray, man. He's very cool. introspective answer. That's good. He's been, you know, he's been interviewed half a billion times. Um, man, I, you know, I think I actually think Gurley is probably worth a little bit more than the 2019 101. I did indeed uh, decline it, and I've since lost sleep over it. <laughs> I've I've laid in bed a couple. I have no problem. Like I work out a lot. I I work I work a lot, and so I within the last two or three years, I've had no problems falling asleep at night. Man, my head hits the pillow. I'm out. But after this Gurley thing, I'm like, did I really give up the chance to get Todd Gurley on my team because I didn't want to part with Josh Jacobs? Is did I really do that? So I don't know. I may have to revisit it. But but uh, but we'll see uh, going forward. Let's answer some emails and, and help some real people out here, Dave. John in Greenwood, South Carolina, is first up. With Duke Johnson rumored to be a possibility for Tampa Bay, what are you going to do in drafts with him, Jones, and Barber? That is John in Greenwood, South Carolina. All right. So did you see this rumor that Duke Johnson could be uh, traded to to Tampa uh, off of the Browns. I don't know if you saw that or not, but that is that is a, a thing. Apparently, it was reported on by somebody reputable. Duke Johnson to the to the Bucks. Sure. Okay. okay. So now, what would you do with him in drafts right now? Is he a target? Well, and, and I'll tell you this right now before I, um, you know, so you actually have some context here, Dave. Duke Johnson in FFPC best balls over the last three days going at the 1504, and thanks to FantasyMojo.com for all this great FFPC data. You know, I, 
I'm not really that interested in Duke Johnson. Even in the 15th round? No. Okay. Can, can you expound on that? Yeah, I can. Uh, well, first of all, if he stays with the Browns, right. first of all, he's disgruntled, so the team doesn't really want to use him. Nick Chubb can actually catch We him. like gruntled players. Yeah, sure. grunt, I want you to be gruntled. Um, but Nick Chubb, I mean, he can actually catch passes, uh, especially, you know, there's the, the big touts of Nick Chubb, like Matt Waldman thinks he's a great pass catching back. Uh, and then after week eight, you have Kareem Hunt coming back from the dead. Right. And so then what is Duke Johnson's role? It might be, you know, zero. So now what are you, you're pinning your hopes on a trade or getting eight weeks of somewhat production off of a pissed-off player? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really get it. I know it's a really good offense, but we're in line seeing that offense. I mean, you have Njoku, Beckham. You might, you Landry. Might, you might even be behind Callaway, for God's sake. So no, you have fifth, yeah. on the, you know, fifth on the totem pole. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just not, not interested in Duke Johnson. You can get – I'm trying to think of the players that are available there. Would you like to tell me some? Or would you, would you like me to tell you? Yeah, that? you can. I mean, I'm, I'm Kalen Bellage, Chase Edmonds, Jalen Richard, Devin Singletary, all going right before him. Okay, Guys, so, J- so Jalen Richard has standalone value, I think, with Josh right. Jacobs. And if Jacobs gets hurt, uh, at the FSGA, Jacobs was there and he was being interviewed, and he said that uh, he definitely said Richard is the backup. So you know, Richard's a nice pick there. I think Bellage is not a good pick. I think that it's, it's Kenyon Drake's uh, job, and that he's they were having rumors about him not catching passes. So I have no interest in Bellage. Who are the other two? Uh, uh, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is solid. I mean, he actually sounds like he'd be a really good back, but you do really do need David Johnson to get hurt. So I think that's just a flyer. But it could be, you know, can he win me the league? Well, I mean, possibly if David Johnson gets hurt or if you own David Johnson, he is a solid uh, bell cow back that won't be as good as Johnson, but, you know, he's going to get a lot of carries. And the, the other one was Devin Singletary, the, the guy who's 30 not, years younger than every other running back yeah, in the backfield. Not that interested in the Buffalo backfield because there's like four or five options. So it's, it's kind of passing. Offensive line's not as good there as it was last year either. Just to um, a couple of names, Dave, that are going after Duke Johnson that I think you might like better than him, Chris Thompson and Justin Jackson. Yeah, Chris Thompson, for sure I would. Uh, I know Adrian Peterson is probably moving up. I like Adrian Peterson uh, quite a bit in general, actually. Um, I don't know as much about Justin Jackson. I guess so, though. With, I mean, if you're, if you're getting Justin Jackson off of rumors of Gordon not reporting, I mean, he's still behind Eckler. So, I don't know. I don't really like Justin Jackson. Okay. All right. Uh, what about Jamal Williams? Uh, this will be the last one that we bring up here. Because I don't like him either because he has to deal with Dexter Williams. And he's also uh, that was my question. He's a here. low athleticism player yeah. versus two high athleticism players now. For what it's worth, Jamal Williams catches more passes, and he's a better pass pro uh, guy in that offense too. Just saying. Than who, Aaron Jones? Or yes. Or? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a valid point. Now I say that I took Aaron Jones with the Scott Fishball. That didn't even think. Did it didn't even enter my mind to back him up with Jamal Williams? Like, okay, yeah. And I and I wasn't even all that crazy about Dexter Williams either. So. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, as far as Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, you're drafting him the same way you were before. This Duke Johnson thing doesn't affect you at all there. You know, it, it doesn't affect me, but I can see where some people would be like getting paused a little bit. I, I think I still like Rojo, but I, I think Peyton Barber is worth a look too. I mean, somebody's got to get, you know, somebody's got to get the rushing yards on that team. I just don't know who it's going to be necessarily. Uh, Vince in San Francisco, Dave. What's up, Gerzak and Balkman? Bill Barnwell called Robert Foster the most important wide receiver for Buffalo. Do you guys think that applies to fantasy too? Thanks, dudes. That is Vince in San Francisco. I do not. You do not? Okay. Uh, can I guess who the most important receiver is in Buffalo then for you? For me, yeah, sure. Zay Jones? Yeah, that'll be easy, Zay Jones. Oh, okay. why is it easy? Well, for, I mean, he's a third-year player. He's actually done reasonably all right his first two seasons. Not great, but not bad. 
Granny, you know, but not great. Went went crazy with the glass in the hotel and being nude and so forth. Right, that's yeah, the problem. No, but whatever. that's been, you know, he's now back down to third level play from the second level. Uh, but I mean, he has the potential for being a third year breakout. I mean, his staff. Yeah, I know everyone is all about the second year breakout, but people, you know, the wide receivers do break out third year every once in a while. Right. I think Zay Jones has a shot at being that player. Dave, if I tell you, and what I'm going to tell you is accurate, Robert Foster <laughs> is going at the 1805 in FFPC best balls right now. Okay. Where do you think you can get Zay Jones on average if Foster's going in the 18th? You know, this, what you're doing is anchoring me right now, which is a problem. I'm not supposed to be anchored here. So Zay Jones, I think Zay Jones. Just float, man. Um. He goes around, I would say, around the 20th. He does not. Damn it. He is the first Buffalo receiver off the board. 1602. Now, you know who, what Buffalo receiver is going in round 24 that I think I'd be on board with at that price? No. Cole Beasley. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's, that's the real Leroy special. Yeah, Beasley. And plus, Beasley is all, like, bitter and pissed off and everything. And he is he, – Beasley can't be covered, man. He's a pretty yeah. darn good player. Um, I guess what, what doesn't work in his favor is Josh Allen um, – doesn't see a scramble he can't want to take. I, I don't know. I just feel like he's more likely to throw the ball through Cole Beasley rather than um, com- complete a pass. Yeah. Um, he's that, and that's, I think, what, what plays into Jones and Foster. And, and not, we should, and you know what Buffalo receiver we didn't mention that should have, oh, yeah. again, should have a field day. The dude who's going right in between Zay Jones and Robert Foster in the 17th round, and that's John Brown, which I know you don't want to take him because of his injury no, issue. Yeah, I mean, he just, plus he's a deep threat mostly. He's not really done, been doing much. Of, he, he just hasn't done anything since the one year he had a pretty good year. But, you know, this, okay. No, I'm with you. I won't take him. I mean, when you, Robert Foster, okay, so you have to deal with Zay Jones, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and he's technically fourth on the depth chart at, at receiver. I mean, and this is a, a low-volume, not very good passing offense. I don't know what's so great about him. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but, I mean, to that end, what's so great about any of these guys? I, I guess value at this point. Well, I mean, okay, so, but I mean, the, what's so great is that the guys that are starting are going to be better than the guys that are not. So uh, the question is, is Robert Foster going to be on the field more than Zay Jones or John Brown? I don't, I Probably don't know. Probably not. I don't think yeah. so. So what, where, what's so great about him? I, I, I mean, maybe they move Foster to tight end. <laughs> they don't really over, have a, over yeah. They now. don't really have a good answer there right now. Well, you know that's the thing is, they're t- this is actually one reason that it makes the receiver compelling is their tight end situation is so rough that they are actually looking at starting Dawson Knox as a rookie. They have Tyler Croft who's injured, Jason Kroom, Lee Smith, and a bunch of other crap. So uh, yeah, that's also interesting. You know who else they could throw at tight end, and I think he'd probably pick up the position pretty quick just because I'm pretty sure he will never not be able to do anything. Huh. Frank Gore. Throw him in at tight end, make him an H-back. He'll do just fine. And he'll probably do it for the next decade. All right, one final email we have uh, tonight, Dave, uh, that I want to get to. This is, well, this is one you should probably be doing, but we'll see. Tim and Little Rock. Dear Larry and Anquan. Any guesses? Larry and Anquan. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. And his email. I hear you guys talk about the Cardinals a lot, but could you play a Yaman or nine with them so I know which of them to target in drafts this season? Appreciate you. That is Tim and Little Rock. We appreciate you, Anquan. Tim. Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little chunkier. I thought I'd be Anquan because uh, it's Florida State. Well, that's a good point. But I was saying, you know, you're, you know, you have such a high GPA through college, Bucky. Granted, it was radio. Oh, he's still a journalism major, so I mean, it doesn't really count. You know, I did take Jen Ed. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Larry Fitzgerald graduated from college too, the University of Phoenix Online. That's He's true. a very, very smart, wise, sagest person. Okay, I'll take it. Fine, you can be bold in Florida State. Whatever. Perfect. I'd rather have that. <laughs> the guy who had his face broke and he still played. All right. That was the most badass thing ever. Yes, it really was. So Rob is uh, going to wheel out the old Yaman or Nine machine here. I can't. And I don't I'm, know if it's still in operation. Dust off these buttons here, Dave, and you can fire when ready with right. whatever cardinal skill position guy that you want. I don't know if there's a tight end to talk about. We certainly could if you want. But oh, don't worry. We're going to get into all of it. Specifically, quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers in any particular order and go. Charles Clay. <laughs> <laughs> you always hit me with the heavy hitters right Wait, serious question. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury didn't really utilize the tight end a whole lot in, in at Texas Tech, did he? Uh, I don't know. I think if he had really if he had a, you know, like Jason Morrow in college was a really good tight yeah. end. I think if he has a guy like Jason Morrow, he's gonna use the hell out of him. Okay. You know what I mean? So he's one of the smart coaches that Coach based on their personnel, not trying to get their personnel to fit what they do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Thanks a lot, McCarthy. Ricky Fields Jones. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll okay. Let's right. let's let's frame this a little bit. Ricky Fields Jones currently going in the 22nd round. Okay, right. that's fine if I totally miss on tight ends. But you know, honestly, Hayden Hurst, Ben Watson, Dawson Knox are all going after him. I might rather have all three of those guys That's than Fields Jones. Josh Oliver too, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, David Johnson, let's get make an easy one for you. Yeah, man. No question. Uh, Blitzmania made the point in the chat room uh, about how he thinks David Johnson should be picked higher than Ezekiel Elliott this year, and I, I think I might agree with him on that. There's yeah. a lot of positive momentum going DJ's way, and where's Ezekiel Elliott on the flake scale? Level two, level three. Oh, dude, he's he's level two after what he did in that parking lot for that security guy. What? Ah, come on, dude. They're trying to extort him. Elliot is a piece of crap. <laughs> anyway, I should laugh, but with Kankle. Yeah. Uh, Does he have Kankles? I didn't even know that. Yeah, here and there. Chase okay. Edmonds. Yeah, man. All right. I like yeah, that. no, I'm on board. I mean, you don't have to pay a lot to get him, and if David Johnson goes down, he he won't be the bell cow, but he'll get a lot of touches in that offense. Yeah, you know, I don't, a lot of times I don't believe in handcuffing because, you know, like, for example... Even Packers, if I don't jack David Johnson, I'm right. still on board with that. I like Chase Edmonds, yeah. He's a good standalone guy, but I really like him for sure if you draft David Johnson. I think he's yeah. Good. But if you draft, like, Aaron Jones, why? You know, you have to do with two guys. Like, here you have Chase Edmonds, that's it. All right, moving on to the receivers. Kevin White. <laughs> what? Nine, what? nine, 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 nine. I, I, always, I always think I know who you're going to say, and I, I have the button already, and then it, i got to switch it. Uh, all right. Christian Kirk. All right. Yeah, man. You want to take a guess at his ADP right now in FFPC best uh, ball? 701. 704. Nice yeah, job. You cool. are dialed in, my friend. All right. Um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Hall of Famer. Yeah, man. Faster, but not by bulky. I think I've done three drafts so far this year, and I've drafted Fitz in all three of them. Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. He's pretty reasonable, right? Ten plus. Yeah, everybody hates on him, and yeah. and and maybe it's because this is his swan song or or whatever. But uh, ten, eleven in FFPC drafts right now. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, if I was Fitzgerald, I would walk up to Kyler Murray and be like, "Yo, dog, uh, I still make more than you per year." What do you think of that? <laughs> um, two guys that are going ahead of him that I'd much rather have Fitzgerald than Marvin Jones and Cortland Sutton. Um, Golden Tate, I'd rather have Fitzgerald. 
And then you have interesting guys like... Actually, I would take Fitz over Marvin Jones and Sutton myself. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you would. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm saying those guys are going ahead of Fitzgerald, but I would take Fitz over both okay, of them. Okay, good. Guys. I agree with you. Uh, what about two guys going ahead of Fitzgerald? Uh, Kiki QT? I kind of like... I have a thing for QT. I think he's going to be good. I like him. I think he'll be good for the four games he plays this year. Yeah, you know what? I'll take Fitz. You, you know, get a line on Fitzgerald because QT gets hurt all the time, and that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I would, too. And then the last one, uh, Fitz or Curtis Samuel? I'm taking Samuel. I like Samuel a lot as a third-year breakout. He really broke out last year, too, somewhat. I may be stuck in my ways, but I'm taking Fitz over Samuel. Right. Okay, so Go ahead. Um, you saving the cherry on top for last year? Hakeem Butler. <laughs> oh, you're saving the, the poop for right now. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. Matt Waldman's number two, number two, not receiver, but overall player in this post- Scouting, you know, post draft rookie scouting portfolio. Bulky, how is that possible? I totally agree with you. He is number two. No <laughs> question. Absolutely no question. There. Uh, he's a little raw. So, did we do everybody else except for the, the, the one? Yeah, hold on. Just to expound on this. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe Butler's good. That's fine. But for what, what round was he taking in? Round four, round five? His first pick of round four. I mean, every team in the NFL passed on him at a minimum of three times. Yeah, or they, yeah, or they could have traded up to get. Or they him. could have traded up to I mean, get. It's him. not that expensive to get a late third. And 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 he was drafted after Andy Isabella. Oh yeah, by about you know sixty picks. I, I just I I don't see it. And and you know maybe there's there's the talent is there and 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 maybe he crushes it. But man, he's it's not worth trying to see him fight his way up that depth chart when when you're trying to play for a six figure grand prize. It's just it's not worth it in my opinion. All right. Um, obviously, I agree with you. Yeah, man. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Andy Isabella. Sorry. I'm curious as to where, you know, because it's funny. Now, so we'll bring up Isabella, but in dynasty drafts, in these rookie drafts, I mean, when they, it was the two, you know, the two weeks after, Hakeem Muller was going like 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, yes, he was. Isabella was going at the 201 to like 207, 208. Yeah. That's got to have flipped by now. So let me give you Andy Isabella. Be great. Andy Isabella. Yeah, man. He has his own drugs machine. He's fast. He's a hockey. He's Andy Isabella. <laughs> He's a... Uh... Okay, so serious question? <laughs> He's Italian. No, what... He's Andy Isabella. <laughs> what if his... No, and, and I'm going to get the PC police on me here now. What if his name wasn't Andy Isabella? What if it was like Andrew Williams? <laughs> And he, and he didn't go to UMass. He went to, like, um, you know. It would have to be a similar caliber school, though, like Abilene Christian. Okay, Abilene Christian. Perfect. Right. Like where, like, Sharkandrick West. And, and Daryl Richardson. Okay. And Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Right. Is that an Abilene or is it? What, no, although I don't know about Taylor Gabriel, but I know um, uh, Daryl Richardson right. and, and, and yeah. Sharkandrick West went there. And, um, four, and this, this so all the same stats. Four, three, one, forty. Got drafted in the late second round. And he's black. And he's black. Okay. And he's five eight and a half or five eight three quarters and one eighty nine. You know who people? He's about the same size as the icon. You know who people would be calling him? Yeah, Steve Smith. No. Huh. They'd be calling him Tyreek Hill. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's, I mean, seriously, that's yeah. so true. It's the anti-racist. Yeah, I get. Well, well we're, the, oh, they're being we are, racist without admitting it. Technically, we're being a little racist with our little analogy here, but yeah, I. I well, fine. I, I, in a good way. But I mean, there is something to be said for this now. What's the, because they're favoring, you know, they're saying if you're darker skin, you're more okay. you know, better. All right, so let me ask you this, Dave. If there is one thing that worries you about Andy Isabella this year, what is it? If you can only pick one. I, you know, I said he's going to break too many records, Balky. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, I mean, if, if, okay, if you're talking about for redraft. Redraft, yes. I would say that there's a chance he doesn't get targeted often enough. I mean, because you have, you have Fitzgerald's command targets. And the whole offense, with the exception of the aforementioned Hakeem, Hakeem Butler, these, these receivers, they talk about Isabella being good outside and inside. They're going to actually probably play him outside, it sounds like, quite a bit. Right. But they kind of have three slot receivers. I mean, Christian Kirk is also going to play outside, but he could play a slot. Um, but that's really about, I mean, really, there's not a lot. No, no, no injury concerns? No. Okay. I mean, it, no more than anyone else. He's never been hurt. He has an incredible work ethic. Uh, he's going to the MVP. I mean, he, I don't know if he was the MVP, but he's still in the MVP. He was great in, of, in the senior in bowl. In the senior bowl, and he crushed it. I mean, if you watch the senior bowl highlights, you're like, okay, this person who's small, whatever, is clearly a man among boys playing here. And he's just kicking the crap out of everybody else. And Suchnow was great. Suchnow was like DJ Moore where he breaks all those tackles. He's a super, he's going to be a fantastic player. I know I keep saying it every week, but... And the great thing is, maybe he's so cheap in redraft. He's like a seventeenth-round pick, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll look at. I, I have for best ball right here for Andy Isabella, and he is going at eighteen oh two right now. And by the way, we haven't brought this up. Cliff Kingsbury is going to make sure that offense runs a, a crap load more plays this year, and they could be involved in some shootouts too. Not even bringing that up. That's working in Andy Isabella's favor. As well. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off for now. And you say, oh, Balky, no, what am I going to do Friday? You're going to have to make do. Rock USA. But in, as my way of apologizing to you for not doing a show Friday, let's do a show Sunday. That's right. We're kicking off the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joes. It is uh, league number serious? one. Yes. 8-7 Central for the no-pain league number one. Former HSFFR guests Ryan Poole, Jay Reed, Scott Connor, Kimra Schlisher, Rich Lane, Lou Tranquilly will all be drafting live. Uh, pros feature guys from uh, NFL.com, Grant Barfield, Gary Davenport, Mike Tagliere, Davis Maddock is, is going to be drafting in that uh, league as well. That is all at 8, 7 Central right here Sunday night. We'll have the live draft board going at YouTube.com slash football as well. Thanks to Mike Edelman. Thanks to Dave Gerzak. Thanks to the FFPC Rob Rice. And, of course, each and every one of you. Check out those uh, Maiden Dynasties. I, I know I kind of glossed two over it. Tupacker and Blitz Oh, Tupacker and Blitz Tomania hanging out in the <laughs> chat room today. Actually, Tupacker, I'm going to have to talk trade with him for Dynasty and see if, uh, what he's going to give me for the Ronald Jones Peyton Barber package in Carrington so I can make the total. I just dealt you, Marvin, you know, Melvin, Marvin Gordon, whatever the hell is. Oh, Melvin Gordon, i got to look at that, too. i got to look at that. <laughs> Maybe I can make it a three-way deal and see if he has any interest in Melvin yeah, Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. We'll see what happens. But in all honesty, check out the Dynasty Maiden drafts that are going off. We have some going off tomorrow on Thursday, a bunch on Saturday as well. And more importantly, I mean, for God's sake, the main event's 500 grand. Yes. Uh, $500,000 grand prize for that. Make sure you're getting your draft slot early. Pay off your team by uh, Monday, uh, midnight Pacific, and then you'll get your draft slot on July 29th. Or buy more teams. Or buy more teams. You can do that as well. $350 discount for a team. Uh, so make sure you're getting those draft slots early. And uh, time for the midnight draft tonight. I'm commissioning your early weekend. This has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Will other rappers find a studio to grind in? You know, I had such a busy day today, uh, you know, because we had to do the show tonight. 
um, and, and, you know, Rock USA this weekend, so I'm trying to work ahead and make sure all my stuff is done. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Midnight draft tonight, I'll, I'll have that on one of my machines. I'll, I'll be doing some work on the other one. No. Nobody, no, not one person signed up for the midnight draft tonight. I thought there would at least be like, you know, three or four teams yeah, that we get to. Yeah, they, they, they run into like the second 10 p.m. draft. I'll sorry about that. Oh, well, it is what it is. I, I guess we'll, uh, we'll make do and uh, we'll fill another midnight draft shortly. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, on a, on a Wednesday night. I certainly appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for doing the show on a Wednesday night. And we will oh, talk to you Sunday night for Pros versus Joes, baby. It's going to be great. Talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.